But at the end of the day, we know what we could do. We we don't care about all that star talk. We know that at the end of the day, it's going to take all of us. We don't have to lean on one or two people to drop 30 and 40 every night for us to win a basketball game. We know that all of us are capable. So won't get into all that hype of having a marquee player or a quote-unquote superstar. You know, we all we all can do what we do. We all can go out there and get a bucket, get a stop, and that's what got us in this position. So everybody needs to wake up. <laughs> Here's hoping you have not been sleeping on one of the top pro basketball teams who is currently playing for a championship. This is Adashina Koike, and you're listening to the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast, episode number 40 in your ear right now. A nice round number. And that probably calls for a pat in the back, but honestly, we could not have gotten to 40 podcasts as well as other audio segments, many other audio segments that we have on a lot of sports talk without your support over the years. Thank you so very much for joining us. This podcast launched back in the spring of 2014 and more than five years later, 40 podcasts plus many other uh, segments on a lot of sports talk. Thank you for all the downloads and all the support and all the times that you have logged on to a lot of sports sportstalk.com and uh, for all of you sports fans we hope that we have not disappointed you uh, over the past five plus years this podcast episode number 40 will not disappoint because we have two wonderful guests our first guest is the person whose voice you heard at the very top of the show Courtney Williams she is a guard for the Connecticut Sun playing in the WNBA finals the number two seed the Connecticut Sun after a wonderful season Reaching the WNBA Finals to take on the top team of the WNBA, the Washington Mystics, Connecticut, coming off of a three-game sweep of the Los Angeles Sparks and Courtney Williams, one of the best players on the team and the best player in that three-game sweep of the Los Angeles Sparks, joining us uh, for our first interview in this podcast. She talks about the camaraderie that this team has had and the ascent that this team has made uh, in the four seasons that head coach Kurt Miller has been in charge of the Connecticut Sun and she does go into talking about the disrespect that she believes that her team has had to deal with uh, in terms of not getting as much love as some of the other teams with some of the other marquee players that those teams have in the top of the WNBA the Connecticut Sun uh, getting the job done with uh, talented players but players that maybe don't jump off the page in terms of name recognition and uh, Courtney Williams touches on that during our wonderful uh, interview so that's our first interview and our second interview is part two of our conversation with football coach John Tomlinson the creator of the quarterback equalizer app that you can get on uh, Google Play as well as in the Apple Store as well. So uh, hopefully you got a chance to listen to part one of our interview with Coach Tomlinson uh, last week. And this week he talks a lot about the support uh, that he received from the CEO of the quarterback equalizer, who is also uh his wife, Kathy Tomlinson, and her support throughout this whole process in creating the app, as well as talking about the state of football, uh, the game itself, uh, 
in this modern era of football. So uh, part two of our conversation with Coach Tomlinson is the second part of this podcast uh, and this interview. Our first interview is with Courtney Williams, guard for the Connecticut Sun playing in the WNBA final. So sit back, relax, enjoy the podcast. I know you will. And we will see you at the very end of the show. When the WNBA Finals tip off on Sunday, either the Washington Mystics or the Connecticut Sun will be on their way to winning their first ever WNBA championship. The Mystics are the betting favorites. They had the best record in the WNBA this season at 26-8, and but the Sun did hand the Mystics two of those eight losses, and the Sun are coming off a very impressive three-game sweep in the WNBA semifinals against the Los Angeles Sparks. And joining us right now on the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast is Courtney Williams, guard for the Connecticut Sun. And first of all, uh, thank you so very much for joining us, Courtney. Um, how is the atmosphere at the Mohegan Sun and with the team after an impressive uh, semifinal victory against the Sparks? I mean, we're feeling good. You know, we're playing some great basketball right now, but we're not going to get too high. We're not going to get too low, you know, because we know that it's still unfinished business to be handled. Game three uh, in Long Beach, you guys just dominated uh, the Sparks. You pretty much dominated that series against a pretty good uh, team. What was the most impressive part about uh, the series victory that you had against Los Angeles, which you capped off uh, with a uh, more than 20-point victory uh, in California in game three? Um, I think our defense, you know, I think we were able to um, make some of the great players uncomfortable all season long and I think uh that was the biggest thing for us to do you know just make make them feel uncomfortable and I think that's what we did uh your defense in those three games uh you allowed I believe just uh under 82 points per 100 possessions uh was there maybe an emphasis I know there's emphasis on defense with any basketball team uh that you have ever been on but what switch maybe was flipped uh, compared to the defense that you played, which was pretty good defense in the regular season, to that specific series? Was there anything of emphasis uh, that you uh, really emphasized uh, going into that series defensively? Yeah, I think uh, making Chelsea Gray feel uncomfortable, making Raquana Williams feel uncomfortable. You know, we know that they're great players, and uh, as long as we could make them feel uncomfortable and get them out of their comfort zone, uh, we knew that uh, it would be a tough time for their team. Uh, once again, Courtney Williams of the Connecticut Sun joining us as the WNBA Finals getting ready to tip off on Sunday. And I mentioned that it is your team, the Connecticut Sun, uh, against the Washington Mystics in Game 1 in Washington, D.C. Your head coach, uh, Kurt Miller, who joined the team three seasons ago. Uh, this team has been ascending over the past few years. Uh, what is what about Coach Miller allows this team and has allowed this team the past few years to be one of the top teams in the WNBA and now get to this point in the WNBA Finals? What are the intangibles that Coach Miller possesses that brings out the best in you ladies? Um, I think, uh, you know, as we've been getting better, he's been getting better. Um, I think he is trusting us a lot more because now, you know, it's our fourth year playing with each other. I think he knows that, you know, he can 
give us a game plan and trust us to go execute that game plan. Um, so I think just that trust factor uh, and all of us just feeling comfortable with one another, knowing that we can take that constructive criticism, whether it's coming from, you know, the head coach all the way down to a rookie. You know, none of us take anything personal. We just know that, you know, it's all going to ultimately just help us win games and put us in better position. Uh, were there times in year one or year two uh, with uh, Coach Miller at the helm where some of that constructive criticism uh, maybe wasn't taken the right way, either by you or maybe collectively? Because I know this is a process in uh, gaining that trust. So I guess compare what it was maybe in year one and year two compared to what it is now. No, nah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it ever was, honestly. I mean, I don't. For me personally, I never took anything personal. I know ultimately um, he just wants us to be better, you know. And uh, I think uh, when you start taking things personal, especially coming from your coach, you know, we're, we're pros, we're professionals. So we don't take anything personal. Mm-hmm. We just take it as uh, a lesson and try to learn from it and get better. Uh, you're getting ready to play this series, uh, this championship series uh, against the Washington Mystics. At the very top of this interview, I mentioned how your team did win uh, two out of the three games, but each of those games uh, took place before uh, the All-Star break. The last game you guys played, Washington did win uh, uh, by a pretty hefty margin, 102 to uh, 59 uh, in that game. Um, Going into the series, you mentioned making players feel uncomfortable with the Los Angeles uh, Sparks, specifically uh, Dre and Williams. Uh, what do you think is going to be the key to uh, winning this series? More of the same, making maybe Deladon uncomfortable, Natasha Cloud, who's the point guard, uncomfortable. What do you think are going to be the things that you guys have to emphasize to be able to beat another high-quality team in Washington? I think the same thing, like you just said, just making them feel uncomfortable. We know that they can score the basketball. I think uh, they led uh, regular season with most points scored, something like that. So we know that they can score the basketball, but we have to make sure, you know, we're contesting every shot, making every shot tough. We know that they're going to make some of those shots, but ultimately if every single shot is a is a tough shot, um, I think we'll take our chances on that. Yeah. Uh, again, Courtney Williams joining us, getting ready to play in the WNBA Finals for the Connecticut Sun uh, against the Washington Mystics. Of course, Washington has the uh, uh, MVP uh, for this season in Elena Deladon. You just played the Los Angeles Sparks, and uh, they have the Ogumake sisters and uh, Candace Parker, Chelsea Gray, a lot of stars. Uh, your team uh, is a wonderful team, but maybe to some fans, a team that doesn't have specifically that marquee player, that marquee name, uh, at least the casual fans who don't really follow uh, the uh, WNBA uh, as religiously as many other people. Uh, Do you believe that that uh, might have led to maybe, uh, uh, because I know you've worn the disrespect, hashtag disrespect with the CT capitalized for the uh, postal abbreviation for Connecticut. Do you think that plays a part in maybe the collective chip on your shoulder that your team, I believe, has? Uh, I mean, I think everybody's been talking. Yeah. You know, everybody got an opinion. But at the end of the day, we know what we could do. We... We don't care about all that star talk. 
we know that at the end of the day, it's going to take all of us. We don't have to lean on one or two people to drop 30 and 40 every night for us to win a basketball game. We know that all of us are capable. So we won't get into all that hype of having a marquee player or a quote-unquote superstar. You know, we all we all can do what we do. We all can go out there and get a bucket, get a stop, and that's what got us in this position. So everybody needs to wake up. <laughs> oh man! So, but you you do feel a little disrespected then, because it's disrespectful. Oh, how okay. you how we how we get here by accident? How how people still talking talking talk like that when we in the finals now? I mean, at some point. That noise gonna have to quiet down, and you're gonna have to pay attention. <laughs> uh, what is it like? Uh, because playing in the state of Connecticut, and you've done that professionally, and you've done that uh, collegiately as well. The support that that state gives to women's basketball, of course, specifically with uh, the University of Connecticut women's basketball team. I know Quinnipiac the past few years uh, has been a wonderful program. It's gone to a Sweet 16 in college the past couple of years. Uh, what is it like playing in front of the home fans uh, in Uncasville, Connecticut, and just the support for women's basketball in a state that probably supports women's basketball more than any other state in the union. What is it like playing uh, uh, basketball in the state of Connecticut? Man, it's amazing. Like you said, our, our fans are, are super loyal. You know, from when we wasn't winning games to now that we're winning games, you know, it's just an amazing atmosphere. They always show up. They always show out. And, you know, they're just always there. You know, we have the best fans in the league, hands down, um, and it's an amazing feeling. You know, uh, we have a great opportunity to, you know, bring a championship back here, and, you know, that's what we want to do. Once again, Courtney Williams, guard for the Connecticut Sun, uh, joining us right now in preparation for the 2019 WNBA Finals with the Connecticut Sun uh, playing the Washington Mystics starting on Sunday, a best-of-five series. Uh, you mentioned uh, the players on your team that anyone can step up and do what they have to do to contribute to uh, a win for the Connecticut Sun. One of your players, uh, Alyssa Thomas, uh, is playing hurt and playing through injury where uh, her shoulder, her shoulders, excuse me, uh, will more than likely require surgery at the end of the year. When you see someone uh, playing through pain, playing through injury, and specifically someone like Alyssa, what does that do to you? What does that do to the team when you see Alyssa do what she does on the court when she's not 100%? I mean, AT's a dog. We know that AT going to play, you know, unless it's, a hundred percent she don't she can't you know so i mean that's not really something that i think even really goes through our mind that she's not going to play you know at been built like this so this not new for us like i said at is a dog she gonna she gonna play so you know she she fuels us you know she like everybody been saying she's our engine you know she she the heart of us so you know we just take that in and, and we and we play. You know, we feed off of her. Uh, you mentioned how AT is the heart. I know that uh, for people who observe this team, uh, I'm sure a lot of them will say that you are very well the soul uh, of this team and you really give this team energy and really give this team life and give uh, pep talks to different players and uh 
where where did that personality come from where you are that person that uh, really rallies the team together? You are someone that uh, is very gravitating. Uh, so where did that, I guess, personality come from and how does that manifest itself in your play when you get hyped up uh, before games? I mean, to be honest, it's just me. Yeah. You know, it's just natural. It's like I, I don't even really know how to answer a question like that because I've been built like this, you know, since middle school, high school, college. Like, I've just always been like this. This is my personality. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's, it's just natural, you know. It's, it's just how I feel, how I play, how I am. Uh, there have been uh, a couple of videos that I was able to uh, catch on Twitter with uh, your father being so supportive and on the court. Uh, as you're warming up, you're uh, greeting him before games, and he's on the court greeting you uh, after games and uh, uh, mostly after victories uh, as well. What is it like to have your uh, father with you on this journey, not just to the WNBA Finals, but in this basketball journey? journey as well, which is taking you to stardom uh, in South Florida and here uh, in the WNBA. What is it like to have uh, your father along the ride with you right now? I mean, it's amazing, you know, to be able to look over there and, and see him, you know, all amped up and uh, giving me all that energy. You know, like you said, he, he's been here on the ride my whole life. So to be on this stage at this level and, you know, to have him over there being the same guy he always been, you know, it's just an amazing feeling. You know, it is natural for us. We we've been we've been doing this. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's just amazing, you know, for him to, to be here and to be able to witness, you know, us doing what we're doing. During this uh, run to the WNBA Finals, it's been fun. It's been exciting. You've talked about the energy and the atmosphere in Connecticut. You've talked about the camaraderie uh, with this team. Uh, during this as well, uh, there was uh, the hurricane, Hurricane Dorian, uh, that passed through and devastated the Bahamas. And uh, one of your players, uh, uh, leading scorer, John Quell Jones, uh, uh, was born in the Bahamas, from the Bahamas, and uh, your team has done a wonderful job in, you know, bringing attention to the need uh, of many people uh, in the Bahamas. What has it been like uh, to be around uh, John Quell and the team during a time where you're trying to focus on winning a championship, but then uh, real life uh, uh, interrupts and having the hurricane pass through uh, the uh country that is the home uh the home of one of your uh top players what has it been like uh having to uh do the fundraising and bringing the awareness uh to all the needs of those in uh john quell's home country while trying to stay focused on uh winning a championship i mean jj's family yeah you know jj's family if any one of us is going through anything you know we're going to do our best to you know try and be there and you know, just let them know that they're not in this by, them, by themselves. So, um, you know, our heart went out to JJ. I mean, when it comes down to it, family first. Yeah. And we knew what she was going through, and we just tried to be as supportive as possible and, and let her know, like, that we got your back through it all. So, I mean, it wasn't a distraction or, or anything for us. You know, we just wanted to make sure that she was good and, and all her family and everyone that was there and that was impacted by that, 
you know, was okay as well. And uh, we thank uh, the team, we thank you, we thank everybody uh, on the Connecticut Sun for doing their part in raising awareness and raising funds for the people uh, in the Bahamas and in the Caribbean who were and continue to be affected uh, by uh Hurricane Dorian, uh, and again, we thank you so very much uh, for that. And I know it's a tough segue a little bit, but we'll get you out on this. Uh, you haven't lost a playoff game three for three uh, this year. Uh, how do you, by the end of this series, uh, what do you think, um, what do you envision for you specifically by the time this series ends with the Washington Mystics? Uh, if you can look into your crystal ball, uh, what do you see uh, at the very end of this series with uh, Washington and Connecticut? Uh, I see us winning the championship. <laughs> and I feel like if, if you had any Connecticut center basketball player and they don't give you that answer, uh, they're not going to be in the gym with us no more. <laughs> <laughs> Have you asked any of the players that? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you know, that's 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 all of us. That's that's what we all think. You know, we gonna we gonna bring a championship home. So that's that's our goal. That's what I envision, and uh, that's what we're gonna be working mm -hmm. these next couple games for. Game one of the best of five series between the Connecticut Sun and Washington Mystics on Sunday at three o'clock. Uh, thank you so very much to Courtney Williams of the Connecticut Sun, guard for the Connecticut Sun. Thank you so very much for the time in this enlightening interview. Best of luck and success in this series uh, against the Washington Mystics and in your career going forward. Courtney, thank you so much for the time. Thank you. I will ask about your vision uh, for those next versions. But before I get to that, uh, I do want to get to who have you coached uh, in your uh, quarter century of football as an assistant coach uh, during your journey as a coach? Uh, who are some of the quarterbacks that maybe some of the more well-versed football fans would know? Who have you come across during your time in high school, in college, in the professional level. Okay. Well, I'll say this. When I, my early years in coaching quarterbacks at the high school level, I, don't, I can't sit here and say I had any major name guys, but a guy that helped kind of transform my thought and it really helped with the beginning of the app was Alex Monroe. He had a chance to go to NC State to be a walk-on, which they felt like he had a chance to, could, to get a scholarship or compete for one in the following spring. By that, by the time we got to that point with him, he had already made a decision to go to Campbell. Um, and, you know, East Coast guy, I didn't understand how recruiting worked back then. But where my life really changed was when I went and did my first internship with the Indianapolis Colts. I sat in that room every day with Peyton Manning. And that did it for me. That was transformation. When was this? 2010. Mm. I knew at that point I just want to coach in the NFL. We just got to figure out how long it's going to take for me to get back. Seven years after that first one with Peyton Manning, uh, you know, I just kept working, looking for an opportunity. But um, that's when I went to the Cleveland Browns. So I'm in a room with Kevin Hogan, um, the guy that went to – Cody Kessler was there, Cody was Kessler, great guy. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser. Um, so it was a young room, but these guys were smart. They were good guys too. 
Um, but it helped me to learn some different aspects of how to teach the position. Um, and if I back up from Cleveland and go to my experience in Texas, probably one of the best high school quarterbacks I had a chance to coach was Avery Davis. Went to Notre Dame. He no longer plays quarterback. Uh, I'm always going to believe in my heart he's a quarterback, though. Mm-hmm. Um, great kid. And and so where Alex started helping me develop the game, Avery helped me finish it. Um, before Avery was Justin McMillan, who was at LSU. He's at Tulane now, finishing up his career. And I came to Cedar Hill when a- when Justin was a junior. So I was on the tail end of his career. But a great guy. Um, great young man. Strong left- <laughs> left-handed quarterback. Um, so those are just some of the guys I had a chance to experience being around. And I've been fortunate because I've... I've I've listened to the, to the guys in the room. I've watched them as well. And it's just helped me develop this tool. Just those experiences. Again, John Tomlinson joining us. And uh, your launch party being in July, earlier in July. Uh, in June, excuse yeah, me, yeah. sorry. In June, uh, which is almost the perfect time to have an app like this out, getting ready uh, for fall ball and getting ready for training camp as well. Just football is getting ready to be a part uh, of the American life again. Well, we're in Texas, so football is always part uh, of life here uh, down south. So obviously it's perfect timing. In your mind, what was it and is it more than just perfect timing? Awesome timing. And, you know, I always believe, uh, no, I won't say always, but I'm fortunate because the game, my original goal, my desire was for it to release in January. But I'm so thankful. I thank God that it came out in June. And, and that is a big window. Six months is a long time. But we wanted to get the game right. And so this is such a perfect time because people are going through football withdrawal. They're ready for the season to start. And the game kind of helps them, you know, see something that's football related, helps them train, helps them get their mind ready for for the season and and put them on the right path. And then it allows them to play a game like they're going through a season. So, yeah. Yeah. So you talked about other versions of the game that you have mapped out in your mind and want to get uh, into production and get out to uh, the public consumption and domain as well. This app that you have right now, it's only at the moment meant for the consumer to be able to read defenses better. There is no option uh, to actually throw to a receiver like there would be in a Madden or right. other games that one may have played uh, that were football-related in the past. Uh, would a future version include something along those lines where not only do you have to read a coverage, you also have to throw to a person and maybe other things that you might want to incorporate in? Absolutely. That, 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 that one thing I can share and say yes. I was afraid that you were going to give me a one-word answer, and you gave me a seven-word answer, uh, which is better than one. Uh, Again, John Tomlinson uh, joining us, and uh, I have to ask about uh, your wife uh, as well, because I am sure that she was in lockstep with you a lot of times, and maybe sometimes thinking, 
why do I have to deal with maybe my husband being up at the most odd <laughs> times uh, in the day? So uh, is there anything uh, that uh, your wife can't do given that everything that she had done to support uh, uh, your dream. Yeah. Uh, so your wife must have been just awesome, uh, strong, strong woman and very supportive the entire time. And that made this I don't want to say it made it easier, but because she was so supportive, that was one place I could always look to for support. And I didn't have to, you know, that that never was a concern. There was never a day that she wasn't supportive. I can't think of one. Yeah. You know, she would just tell me, because we used to live in a loft in Dallas. Hey, I need you to go to the back room when you get on the phone with the guys. <laughs> because, you know, when you're sleepy, you know, your ears are more sensitive. But that might have been the only thing. And that wasn't negative. She just knew I had those late night calls. And so what she would start to do is she would go to bed at least an hour before so she could be good and sleep. And then I would have my calls. Mm -hmm. That was that. But no, she was always supportive. And um, she's the president of the company. So it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And it's cool when you're working with your spouse on a project. Um, she she does help me when I, you know, we're in a big ad campaign right now. She looks through a lot of the materials. I throw stuff by her because I want to make sure she can have a, a part of that you know she's part owner so i want to make sure she can look at it i might miss something so hey what do you think about this how do you feel like this looks so she's good with that yeah. john tomlinson joining me right now on the a lot of sports talk uh podcast you are getting ready to head out uh, to the West Coast and join up with the Oakland Raiders uh, on an internship for training camp. Uh, we definitely hope to uh, catch you on Hard Knocks uh, uh, during the time that uh, NFL Films uh, is there. Uh, you were telling me off air that after this, uh, nothing is guaranteed. Nothing uh, after the internship, no guarantee with the Raiders, no guarantee with anybody. Right. You okay with that? I am. I, I'm going to tell you why. Um, sometimes your work that you do uh, two or three years ago was evaluated by somebody. And it leads into other opportunities. I'm going into this with the expectation uh, that that's going to play, play out for me. You know, I want to stay, but I understand this is a business and I've understood it from day one. And that is the highest form of business at that level. Um, things constantly change. It's a transient business. I've been in a room where it's a 90 guys sitting in the seats. And we roll up into the last week of preseason. And it goes from 90 to after that preseason game to 53 guys or close to 60. So I understand that things change all the time. But um, I'm fortunate to have the opportunity. I'm ready to go. I'm looking forward to learning and being around a, a group of men who who do have a focus and a goal to do something great this year. Again, Coach John Tomlinson joining us, assistant coach uh, in the game of football for 25 years and coaching quarterbacks uh, for over 20 years. And 
the past couple of years, at least with the National Football League, uh, there has been a lot of tension between the league and its players on issues about race and inequality, of course, with Colin Kaepernick uh, highlight, highlighting that more than anybody, at least in the past couple of years. And you've had a lot of people uh, talk about the National Football League and may, and protest the National Football League, not just because, not just only because of that tension, but because of the threat of concussion uh, higher in football than in most other sports as well. Um, how much do you have that in your mind with with the game of football, with the concussions, um, the game itself, and then the National Football League as well, which you're entering into uh, as well, um, because there'll be a lot of people who may enjoy the game of football, but ended up abandoning it at least temporarily uh, as well. So where did you fall on that as those stories unfolded over the past few years and people started to abandon the game of football? Why do you believe, if I am correct, that football, even with those ills, uh, is still a game that you are beyond passionate about? Yeah, so in reference to the concussions, I... I, I do respect that there are issues like that in sports. What's funny is, is when I was a high school coach in Virginia, there were more concussions in soccer than there was in football. Now, I'm not picking on soccer. I respect people that have kids that play soccer. But I believe, you know, when all this stuff was going down with the NFL and people, you want to say abandoning the game because of that, I think it was – misinformation and in my mind i i felt like and i guess this is just being a little more old just being older and experienced and having lived a little bit more life i felt like let's just let this play out for a minute because this is just people reacting as opposed to getting the proper information i have a friend of mine who was at this camp actually years ago robert turner um he does studies on concussions and one of the things we sat, we had lunch uh, months ago in Durham, North Carolina. He said to me, "Is the issue sometimes is how they put the information together? Like, what's the control group, or some of the people that that had pr- previous, inf- you know, issues with concussions? Were they ADHD? Did they have de- def- attention deficit issues? You know, you have to look at everything. Make sure your con- control group is correct." If they had previous experiences playing different levels of football, you know, did they have any trauma when they were younger? Everything plays into it. And when your groupings for your study are not put together correctly, you know, you might not have accurate information. So when he said that to me, I was, for one, pretty impressed with his layout of the information. And he had confirmed with me the same thing that uh, by and large, yes, it's a violent game. It's a full speed game. It's a contact sport. But the concussions are not as bad. One is bad, but they're not as severe in reference to the total number at this level as this as it's been said, because they have to do a better job of laying out that study. So, you know, Obviously, the concussions went down this past season. And so, like I said, when I first heard that, I didn't panic. 
I just felt like you got to live a little. I learned it from an old man a long time ago. And he just said, man, live a little bit, you know, just just walk slow, drink the cold water. <laughs> and I don't know really what that means, <laughs> but the, the the walk slow part, I think I do the cold water reference. No, but he did say, just just relax. Let this play out. And, and life always tends to reveal more. Um, so in reference to just specifically the concussion stuff, that that's how I felt that, you know, we need to just get more information before we just fall off the deep end. And like I said, this past year, those concussions went down because I guess they've done a better job making sure their protocol was better. But the equipment is probably better as well. We are sure that you will continue to be great in coaching football. If in the event that you call time on your football career, you have a career in broadcasting. I'm just letting you know. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Uh, Coach John Tomlinson, uh, for about an hour, has dropped some serious knowledge about the game of football from the perspective of the quarterback and to be able to enjoy the game of football and break down the game of football and not necessarily have to be uh, a football junkie to be able to enjoy the game as well, and it can translate into enjoying the game when watching it uh, from the press box level, that standard level that you watch football games, and just understand it more, break it down more, uh, parse it more. And I am so happy that you had mentioned that this could be because of the pattern recognition uh, that a quarterback has to have. I love the terminology that you use with me off the air, the Sudoku of football. There you go. That's <laughs> right. right. It definitely... Uh, is something that uh, those who love recognizing patterns and do crossword puzzles like myself uh, and people who have watched football for so many, many years like myself uh, will appeal. Uh, this app, the Quarterback Equalizer, will appeal. So go to the Apple Store, go to Google as well, download the Quarterback Equalizer, and you will know what Tom Brady will know in the huddle and in the helmet, or at least you'll have a better idea of it uh, at the moment before his next versions come out and you'll buy them. And then uh, I still can't get what they will be about (laughs) until they come out and have to uh, shell out some cash, but that's okay. That's okay. John Tomlinson. Thank you so very much for the time and best of luck and success out in Oakland with the Raiders and moving forward. Thank you. Appreciate it. Number 40 is in the books, and we thank Coach John Tomlinson so very much, as well as Courtney Williams of the Connecticut Sun for making episode number 40 an epic uh, podcast. We will see you for episode number 41. But before we leave, we want to make sure that you can follow us on all of our platforms. If you go to alotsofsportstalk.com online, you will see all of the stories that we have produced for you over the past uh, few weeks, actually the past uh, six, seven years, uh, if you really want to go back that far, uh, you will see our coverage of the pursuits of one of the hollowed records in Major League Baseball that we had a front row seat for. Pete Alonzo of the New York Mets breaking the Major League Baseball rookie home run record uh, as a member of the New York Mets hitting number 
home run number 53 this past week uh, to pass Aaron Judge uh, for that record. Uh, it was such a pleasure to be at City Field time and again uh, to cover the pursuit of that record, which Pete Alonzo did break. So if you are online at a lot of sports talk.com, you will see the stories uh, that we have up for you. You'll see the stories that we have up from the WNBA finals as well. Uh, you will see the stories that we have have for you up for Major League Soccer as well as uh, Major League Soccer quickly heading into the postseason. We'll also be covering the opening of the National Hockey League season later on this week as well. So again, stay tuned to a lot of sportstalk.com for all of that coverage. If you go on Instagram, our name is A Lots of Sports Talk. Uh, on Twitter, it's A Lost, A L O S T underscore official. And then if you go on Facebook, it is A Lots of Sports Talk to find our facebook page as well thank you so very much for joining us we will see you next week for episode number 41 this is adashina koiki signing off thank you so very much for listening to episode number 40 we will see you soon you take care bye-bye